All right, we should be live for those watching us live on our podcast and those that are just tuning in on our regular podcast. As always, this is the That Being Said podcast with the Jorjur Brothers. Happy Friday and welcome into the show. I'm Sammy. And I'm George, and we're coming at you live and direct. George, not myself, George. We're going to talk about myself in third person. I'm in the new location. I'm now in Mexico City, uh, or as the locals call it here, CDMX. CDMX. And uh, welcome in today's pod. We got um, a little less little less sports going on than we did uh, a, a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we were, we were at yeah, uh, in, intense basketball football college football baseball it was um and there was a lot more baseball series we were at some intense uh sporting experiences and now we're back to a little more normal we only got two series left in baseball um about to we're about to have the world series next week and we just got our our uh, classic weekends of football george it's uh it's feeling a and it feels a little bit back to normal i know basketball would be starting around now usually but just having a lot of football in general during this time feels back to normal. Yeah, and I think in general we're going to realize it, it feels back to normal, but we're going to miss that uh, wintertime basketball. Uh, you know, a lot of a country goes back into winter. They're sitting inside. There's not much outdoor activities to do. And usually the NBA starting in October, then you have it October, November, December, and during the cold times – you're sitting at home Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night with something good on TV. Once the baseball playoffs end, we're going to literally just be having football. Uh, I know we'll have those Thursday night football games, but really there's going to be a huge void in the middle of the week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, even Friday nights, which usually doesn't have any sports on. We're going to feel we're going to feel the void, right? Um, I think I think right now it might be kind of like a relief, like because we had so much at, coming at us at one time. But I think maybe middle of November, we're going to be like, oh, man, it's a Tuesday night. What's on Uh, the MAC conference, Ohio, Miami of Ohio versus, I don't know, Sunshine State. I I have no idea who plays, right? So it's just, I think we're going to feel the void later. I don't, I think right now it's kind of like, it'll be a sigh of relief though. I I don't think we'll feel any void, to be honest, because I think the NFL is going to have so many reschedulings. That, that could be we're not gonna have an issue with like fitting in sports throughout the week. We look at last week. I mean, I mean, we had our we had Saturday football. We had Friday probably college football. Some more Saturday college football. Sunday, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, and we had baseball and stuff here and there, right? But we had football for five days straight. I mean, I don't think we're gonna feel it because one thing that I did notice is that during the pandemic, eventually. I got used to not having sports on and I didn't like it, but I got used to it. So just having football is going to feel more normal than pretty much half the year felt anyways. And then come January, it looks like the NBA is looking at starting maybe Martin Luther King day. So we're, there's not going to be that much of a void. In my opinion, we're still going to have our Thanksgiving football. We're still going to have our football through the holidays and more. Fa- there's going to be a lot of family time during those times. So I actually don't think we're going to be feeling any void. And we got to remember with the NBA, People say the NBA season starts in December usually. Anyways, nobody's watching the NBA. First of all, they had bad ratings right now. Nobody's watching the NBA in the middle of November during football season. So I think we are, but like it's, I don't think there's going to be that much of a void. 
All right. I, I'm just going to, I hope you're right, but I, I'm just going to have to like, unless football is playing on Wednesdays, I think we're going to have some days where like, man, there's nothing really on to watch. I mean, yes, but that doesn't mean that's it's in mean, void. Right? You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, that that's almost just like a standard statement. Like, on Tuesday, there's nothing to watch. But I don't think that's going to be like a void where it's going to be like, wow, this is weird. I think everyone this year, we got used to no sports for how many months was that? Four or five? Yeah, yeah, and it sucked. That's what I'm saying. It was a void, and I think we're going to have a, a little bit of a weird – I just feel like it. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I feel like it'll feel yeah. like a void. We got enough football going on, in my opinion. Um well, NBA is over. We had another LeBron championship, and uh, now we're on to some World Series, some more college football probably on this podcast, and of course, as always, uh, NFL topics, George. But today, I guess, I want to start with one of your topics, okay? Because yeah. I think this was this is some of the bigger news yesterday, and one of my other questions is one of the bigger news yesterday. But let's start with this, George. All right, Sammy. Um I don't know if you saw the news, but Nick Saban has COVID-19 and is asymptomatic. Uh, it's I'm sure everyone has heard the news and it's kind of crazy. Like it's now like once again, the sports media in general is acting so, like it's like almost you take a victory lap when something like this happens. I'm not really understanding why so many people celebrate like, oh, look, it, I told you there should be no college football. We've had no hospitalizations. We've had no deaths. But I guess my question here, let's talk about the football aspect of this. Do you think no Nick Saban will cost Alabama the game or season? Um, in general, this is the SEC East versus SEC West. So even if Alabama or Georgia loses this game, they can win their conference and play in the SEC championship game. There's only eight games. So it's not really like you don't have that much time to make up the difference. Um. What's his name? There was somebody I was going to mention on ESPN that is a college football guy. Uh, old quarterback. It's one of the more famous. Pollock? Something Pollock? Um, one of the more famous old ESPN guys, quarterback. And as he would say, if Nick Saban's not coaching this game, this game means nothing. Zero percent. Not a. He said not a blimp of anything to the college football committee. If Georgia wins, it means nothing. They're still going to be Alabama wins. It means maybe a lot because it's like, man, this seems really talented with or without Nick Saban. Or it just means that they're a Nick Saban coach team that he just wasn't on the sideline yeah. today. That this was his opinion. And this, it, I was sold on it. Nick Saban. If he's not on the sidelines, this game means nothing win or loss for either team, which is really, I agree with, but I also think really unfortunate because this was probably the best game we had all regular season, right? Yeah, Number two, the Alabama. Whole, whole regular season, you're right. Yeah. Uh, we had number two, Alabama versus number three, Georgia. And we're talking about um, this was, you know, another, I think no former Alabama coach has beat Nick Saban yet. It's yet oh, to happen. Really? That's pretty um, – that's, I did not know that. That's a really cool stat. I'm almost 100% sure because I think that's what they were talking about, how it was like, well, this was, you know, one of the times we thought maybe a former Nick Saban guy could beat Nick Saban, but it's yet to happen. And if they win this game, again, for Georgia, probably means nothing. Okay, well, the question – okay, so for sure you mean – no, you answered half my question there. It won't cost them the season. Will it cost them this game, though? Like, does it change your opinion on this game? What's the spread? 
I know? mean, I, I, I think it's Alabama minus two and a half. It was four and a half, I think, before. I, I picked Alabama on my uh, my free money fives. I don't think it changes anything. There's still a Nick Saban prepared team. They're still favorites. Like they're still favorites. I don't I think, think it's they're four and a half point favorites. Yeah, and it's not it's not like uh, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't know how to coach. We saw him go to yeah. Atlanta, take help that team go to the Super Bowl as a uh, as a special assistant. We've seen him, you know, at Alabama multiple years. We saw him at Washington. We saw him at USC. The guy can coach. It's not like he's going to go and throw. It's not going to go into the locker room. Take Nick Saban's. Um, playbook rip it in half and say guys we're doing everything different here this is a steve sarkeesian team like it's still going to be a nick saban team yeah that's where i'm not um i agree i don't think that it's a uh i don't think it changes that much for one week like you said i don't think it makes much of an impact um i I can't answer this question because i don't know what they're gonna I think we'll know within the first quarter. Like, yeah. do they seem as disciplined or do they, does the quarterback feel a little more loosey goosey? Cause Nick's not, you know, not watching him on the sideline today. So like, I'm like, not sure. Sark gave everyone shots before the game. Oh, nice. Taking a shot yeah. at his alcohol. That's great. <laughs> to, to college, taking a shot at his alcohol to college kids before a football game. Hey they, man, you know what? It's been years. It's like, it's not too soon, all right? And se- second of all, um, one thing, how much would you pay for a pay-per-view? And I think I put this in one of my tweets. I think I saw someone tweet it. How much would you pay for a pay-per-view of a live stream of Nick Saban's house watching the game during the game? Um, I'm going to see if that is one of your tweets. I don't think that is one of your tweets. I, so. tweet that. I don't know if I put it in there. I didn't want to put only Nick Saban tweets because there's so many good ones. Um. I think Nick Saban's going to be chill about this game. I, I'm like really I, – I know that like this is a cool story. Not a cool story. It's actually shitty, like getting coronavirus. But like my, is, my issue with this game is that it literally makes no difference. Like there's a 0% chance if Alabama loses that that knocks them out of the college football playoffs. If they I, win, I, like, I would have to disagree for one thing you said. There's no 0% chance because let's say Alabama gets blown out 49 nothing. Okay. Yeah, it's going to mean not going to happen. Which is not going to happen. But if it did, if they got blown out, it's like, okay, is Nick Saban worth 35 points on the spread or 35 points in a game? Probably not. We don't know. He's never not been there before. So my thing is, anyways, they would, they could be playing I the SEC championship. Anyway. I still think they Hear win me this out. game. Can't they still be in the SEC championship together? Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Okay, so – so the thing is, that's why this has zero impact. And if if Alabama goes and loses again next week to somebody else with Nick, Nick Saban back, then yeah, like it that game has the impact. It's not this game that really made the impact. So that's yeah. why it's like at the end of the day, they can play in the SEC championship. If they got blown out by 45 this game and then they go and win the next time, they're going to say, well, Nick Saban wasn't there yeah, the yeah, first time. Cool. So that's my cool. thing is at the end of the day, this and if if Georgia loses really right like it's the same thing as if they lost with or, it, it makes a difference for Georgia so I, I'll say that it but it doesn't make a difference for Alabama yeah, yeah huh it makes a huge difference for Georgia yeah because if they lose without Nick Saban they're probably not gonna be a playoff team like it, they're gonna drop out of the top four for now at least so oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to agree with that uh, my thing is uh 
Nick Saban is definitely going to try to have his 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 fingerprints on this game though. Because didn't you see like his interview? He was like, "Oh, I haven't figured out how am I allowed to like communicate in? Am I like he's really he's still trying to be like how can I control the situation?" With that like, said, go ahead. I just don't understand why he can't be like back in the day. Joe Paterno when he was getting older and he hurt him his leg. Even I think. Uh, what it was in the booth, yeah. And then last year, remember uh, what's his name? He used to coach uh, Old Miss. Got in trouble for you know buying prostitutes and shit. Uh, what was his name? I don't remember the coach. He, he coached at Liberty, and he had surgery, and he coached from the ho- from the hospital. No, he coached in a hospital bed. In a hospital in, bed in the stadium, right? I think yeah. Why can't you put Nick Saban in a booth all by himself, and he can't have contact with anyone, and use the Mike to make play calls or make I mean, you, you could, but I, I think that's yes, where like protocol. Well, I, I know I'm saying you could, okay, like, I'm saying why, why couldn't that be the, I was way? getting there. I'm saying you could, oh. but they, but it's about optics. I mean, like I think college football understands they're already pushing the limits on some people okay, when it comes yes. to like playing with coronavirus. So it's like, the least we can do is follow quarantine rules, okay. right? Like, yeah, I think that's fair. what it is. But okay, like I mean, you said, if if Roger Condell can conduct the whole NFL draft from his basement, I think Nick Saban can coach a game from his basement. The only problem would be, of course, is I don't think there's a way to have, like, like a camera. Yeah. Like, yeah, they'll yeah. say it may be, like, points one off, but, like, there's no way for it to actually be the instantaneous camera. Right. From the field to Nick Saban. In his house so we can see his reactions. Yeah. I think my, my, my only thing with the camera in his house is if he's not actually involved in the game, I don't think he's going to be that like, it wouldn't be that funny. But I think if he was like coaching from his house, it would be very interesting to see. Cause yeah. I think, I think he's honestly, I think he, Nick Saban, man, they've lost games in the past and he hasn't even given a damn on a press conference because he knows they're going to make the playoffs. Treated as a film session, you know that. He thinks they're going to play Georgia again in the SEC championship game. It's just a film yeah. session. Too. That's how I feel. And if he, they beat him without him, he's like, okay, good. We're just yeah. same situation. It's, it's, inter- it's an interesting story. I think it's interesting to see, um, you know, what – it's, it's, in- it's going to be interesting to see – if there is, if if there feels like there's a difference when he's gone, yeah, I, I would agree with that because I think there's going to be. I don't think they missed a beat this week. I think it would be one of those things if it, he missed multiple weeks and it was a long time, and you know it, he was missing, you know, a month or two months or God forbid the whole season. Yeah, I think uh, you'd see a difference. But one game and it's a Nick Saban coach team. I think he's going to pretty much have them coached the way they're already coached. That's how I feel. I think it's going to be, but that, that's going to be, the, that's the interesting storyline. I don't think that even the interesting storyline is like win loss. I think it's really about like, Hey man, how it, are we going to notice any difference or not? We will on the sideline. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It'll be Sark. Um, and as George said, it'll be, it'll be a drunk Sark. He's going to be, he's going to be stressed out tomorrow morning. Or hungover. <laughs> or hungover. He's going to be like, screw it. Um, my question, according to, because uh, I wanted to go off some of the bigger storylines yesterday. Because this was a big story. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it should be. How, does Le'Veon Bell make a big impact on the Chiefs this year, George? Man, I've gone back and forth on this over and over and over. I mean, they got they got Clyde Edward Hellaire. 
And he's been pretty good as a rookie. And I thought they were going to use him in a lot more exotic packages and give him the ball more. Um, the, all those guys who picked Clyde Edward Heller probably in the first round of fantasy football drafts probably don't feel as good as they did na- at the beginning now that Le'Veon Bell's there. And Le'Veon Bell, look, um, we've seen cor- uh, running backs fall off cliffs, right? It's been two, three years removed from Le'Veon Bell having a huge season. Does that mean he can't have a huge season? No. But – I mean, when was the last big Le'Veon Bell-like season? It wasn't last year. The year before that, he sat out the whole year. It was the year before that. I will say I personally don't think this will affect Clyde Hilaire too much because I think they're going to use him as what he's best at, and it's being a wide receiver, basically. Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell's best trait in the last few years because of his, he's like good. you said, yeah, and because of his reduced, I think, talent as a running back, right, has been catching balls out of the backfield. And I think he can be used, like you said, very versatile. So I don't think I don't think he's being brought in in a way that Edward Hilaire is going to – Clyde Edward Hilaire, however you say it, is going to be losing a lot of touches. I think it's going to be just Bell getting mixed in a little more. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of – a lot of backs in the NFL that are used a lot more as catch backing or, or you know, uh, catching backs. And he might be a nice little change of pace. And obviously if he gets back to his former self, he'll start taking carries, carries away, obviously. But I don't see them trying to make him the Le'Veon Bell from Pittsburgh. I think they're going to use him for what he's really good at is being a, 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 a catch, uh, uh, catch passing back out of the backfield. And, uh, kind of a mixing him into it. And I do think if they use him in the right way, it can be really successful. But at the same time, like like you said, uh, sometimes we get so stuck on these guys and their names, right? Like, it's Le'Veon Bell, kind of like in the NBA. It's like, it's Russell Westbrook, right? I was going like, to say Russell Westbrook or Carmelo Anthony. But yeah. Carmelo Anthony, I get all these guys. And it's like, well, when's the last time they won something? Or when's the last time they were really – you know, made a big impact. Um, so that's the one side of Le'Veon Bell where I'm like, are we just hyping it up too much because he was a good running back three and a half years ago? Maybe. <laughs> um, he also tried to do a rap album that sucked. So yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe he's more focused now. He's like, man, my rap album flopped. It's time to get back like, and run. Or he has the Adam Gase curse. Um, there is a lot of players post Adam Gase that go to different teams. Sam Donald's going to be one of them. If they get the first pick in the draft, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. Let's just be honest. Yeah, but they would, and Sam Donald would go somewhere else and probably flourish. Yep, absolutely. If I'm the Jets, um, I would not get rid of Adam Gase the rest of this year. You want to get that first overall pick. Just keep the guy. Keep sucking. And, yeah, and you could probably trade Sam Donald to a team that would, like, the Patriots would trade for Sam Donald. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I mean, like, there's a lot of teams that might actually. I bet the, I like. I know a lot of people like Drew Locke, but like a team like the Broncos, I think they would take oh, Sam. Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold was the second pick of the draft. Drew Locke was like a third round or second round pick. I mean, the, you know, the talent is it. They're both talented, but one's obviously has a higher potential. And we keep using that word, the P word, potential, 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 with a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, especially guys that I back up. Jameis Winston still believe. Um, Carson Wentz still believe. Jimmy Garoppolo still believe. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, Garoppolo is a different case. I still think Garoppolo can be. You know, he's he's like having a okay person in your life, and you actually he's good enough, but he's not great. But I I also thought Sam Darnold could be great. I thought Carson Wentz could be great. And I mean, just the Carson Wentz thing, real quick. It still makes no sense to me how he went from MVP level to the last so far this season playing like this. It's horrible. But anyway. Point is, yeah. I, I, was like, I'm, you just, I was like, where's he going with this? Le'Veon Bell will make a small impact on the Chiefs, um, and it's a good move by them because it's low risk, high reward. I think he's going to make a good impact. Cool. I don't think it should be as big of news as it was because I think he's going to be what most decent backs would do in Kansas City. That's that's what that's where it is. Like I think if Le'Veon Bell went and signed with the um, what's a bad football team right now, like well, no, the Giants. I don't think he'd be very effective. Okay, but like with the Chiefs, it's like yeah, he's gonna be good. Like they're gonna use him the right way. But should it be the like biggest news of the week? I don't know. I I think I think you're right. We're living. There's I mean, no one else got signed. Huh. No one else got signed is the biggest news of the week, I guess. In, in some sense, sure. I mean, there's more new, there's bigger news when it comes to like, you know, coronavirus and a bunch of other things. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, I think you're right. We're kind of living off of three years ago. It's like, Levio yeah. Bell. Wow, what a guy. <laughs> George's next question. Do you like the baseball playoffs in the bubble, and should the NFL do the same? I kind of wanted to work in both here. Um, what do you think? <laughs> um, like one of the baseball playoffs, the one that bubble, the one that has fans, and the other one doesn't. I don't understand why that's a thing. I know that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like what? Like oh, this series can have fans, that one can't. Um, the bubble is a good idea. It's obvious. I mean, like the NBA had zero positive tests, right? And this doesn't matter. Like, I know there's people that are like, we can't worry about the coronavirus, live our lives. And there's people that are like, hide from the coronavirus. Like, forget your opinion on the coronavirus. It does exist, right? It's here. So yeah. what's the best option is probably to put these guys in bubbles for a couple of weeks during like big, big, ah, uh, yeah, you can't do it. If the NBA was starting today, they can't do a full season, obviously, but like nice. in the playoffs for baseball. Yeah. It's a viable option. We don't want playoff games being postponed or having random tests that are, are like, you know, every morning it's been like cold shut down their facility. The Patriots have a false negative. This like the bubble for the NBA worked because it was just efficient. The bubble for the playoffs have worked because it's efficient. So I think they should do it for the NFL. Um, and that's the only time we can work for the NFL because there's so many players on each team and personnel. Um, but I would stick to places that can host fans. I don't like that that baseball has done this thing where one side has fans. Those Dodgers-Braves games, I have no idea. I hope I so because those Dodgers-Braves like, games have had an extra pop to them. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's going to be in Texas, uh, in the new Texas Rangers Stadium. So if I knew anything I know about Texas, I could foresee fans being there. Yeah, the, the, there's fans. There's fans. That's good at because it's, I mean, it's at the Rangers Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, and 
It will I don't be. know if these fans are going to be as invested if it's like. Go ahead. I was going to say it'll be eleven thousand five hundred tickets. That's about thirty percent capacity. Well, if Houston makes it, which uh, I don't think they will, they're down three two. You know, they'd have to be the second team in history to come back from a three zero uh, deficit. Their their fans might be able to make that you know short haul trip from Houston to Dallas to watch the games, but. Tampa versus Atlanta. Atlanta, I guess, is not that far from Dallas either. But in general, those fans are not going to be as passionate. But they'll still make noise. They're still going to care. Um, you're still going to have at least some sort of environment. I don't know. The, the, I feel like there's been good environment for a Dodgers-Braves game. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, good environment. But it doesn't feel like playoff baseball environment. But, George, hear me out. There's 11,000 tickets. If you're a Seattle Mariners fan, for example, which you are, and I am, and they're somehow in the World Series this year. I would for sure, no matter what, do whatever I could, humanly possible, to afford one of those tickets and a no. flight down there. So no. I actually, I think you're right. I think maybe out of that 30% capacity, I think there's going to be a 10% that's a little more like, I'm rich, I'm in this area, I'm just mm-hmm. going to buy a ticket and go, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some athlete from that place for like, Luka Doncic might be like, if he doesn't live there, probably he lives overseas in the off season, but like somebody that plays for the Mavericks or, or like some actor is going to be like, screw it. I'll go to a world series game. Like, but then I think there's going to be a solid 15 to 20%. That is, um, that is like, I'm going to fly. out. I mean, like I flew up to London with, with my yep. mom, with our mom to go watch a Seahawks game. Would I fly out to Texas and put, drop some fat dollars on one world series game for the Mariners? I probably would. So it's going to be interesting to see how loud those fans are, like you're saying, because, yeah, if even if it's 20% of the fans um, are fans of the team, that's only 20% out of the 30% capacity. So it's still not that many fans. It's only like 8,000. It's like a standard Mariners game, 8,000 people. Yeah, we're used to that. Yeah, it's actually not bad. That's actually a good environment. Not too bad. Well, perfect. Uh, yeah. well, who do you think, I guess a quick question. Who do you think ends up winning the World Series? And we'll, we got some tweets we'll talk about, some more baseball stuff here later in the show. I have the um, Tampa Bay Rays because it makes no sense and it's 2020. They were the best team all year, which makes no sense. My theory, and I'm going to actually look this up. Cities win championships in bunches. I'm going to look up. So don't, don't fight me on this one because I, I got to get – I got to find out. I'm going to go do some research here. How, like clusters of championships for cities. But Tampa won, won hockey. They'll win baseball. A couple of years ago, uh, Washington, D.C. won hockey. They won baseball. We saw it in Boston a few years back. Hockey, baseball, Seattle, basketball, uh, sorry, football, MLS. Always in bunches. But don't quote me on that. Seattle Storm won an NBA, WNBA championship. Maybe that means the Seahawks. Well, win the NBA championship. Yeah, it's a natural. It's Seahawks natural. aren't in the NBA, but that's fair. <laughs> the Super Bowl. NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Seahawks, NBA, cha-. Russell Wilson all of a sudden turns into LeBron James. I would save that. I would save that, George. Save that for like a topic on a podcast where if you do your research and there's actually like 12 instances, we can go through the 12 instances. Okay, fair. I'm going to I'm gonna right? research I think I looked it up like back in 2007 once. I was like really yeah. curious. And it actually happens a lot more than you expect. Boston's like a cheat code though. 
Boston is a cheat code, but there's other cities. Boston's not. I know, but I'm saying I think it's happened in Boston. How many times? Um, a lot. Yeah. You have to remember, I mean, the, well, the Bruins won a lot of championships and the Patriots obviously won six over the last 20 years. Cool. I'm going to go back to um, 1985 on. Okay. Right. Well, um, I have Tampa Bay beating Atlanta in the champion. Mm-hmm. In the, in the I'm rooting for the Braves. I don't know. I kind of like that the fucking shitty ass crowd, the shitty stadium, shitty crowd, usually Tampa Bay Rays, like the year with no crowd. I was like interested. They were 40 and 20 this year. I think they had the best record in baseball. I'd be interested to see if they would have had like a packed, was it Sun Life Stadium? What is it? Yeah, Sun Life's the um, dome. Tropicana. Oh, it's Tropicana Field. It was Tropicana. I don't know if it still is, but it was Tropicana. I, I think it's. Good morning. I could use it. Um, Sam, you know what I do in the mornings with my eggs and toast? I drink a nice orange glass of Tropicana. Ah, I had no idea where where you were going with that. They're not our sponsor, but I was just throwing them a fair shout out there. I was trying to see the name. It's it's Tropicana Field still. Cool. Yeah, it's a shitty-ass stadium. I'd be interested to see. They have the worst, I think, attendance every single year. So I've been interested to see if they like, you know, maybe winning a World Series will get them to build a new ballpark and type and things like that. I'd be interested. Well, we'll find they out. Probably should. I, they probably I should. Definitely kind of rooting for them. Uh, George, I have one more question. All right, we'll keep it short because I know time time uh, budget here. Will the Cowboys be just as good with Andy Dalton? This is a hot topic this week. Okay, well, if you want, because we're this is one of these are on my tweets as well. Um, yes, and I don't think he is going. The Cowboys will be as good with Andy Dalton, but I don't think it's going to be a huge step backwards with Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton is the best, maybe the best backup quarterback in the NFL, not named Jameis Winston. And um, I just had to throw Jameis Winston as all is in there. And I, I hate think to tell you though, this is not one of your tweets. But just keep going. It's not. Okay. I thought I put a tweet of Andy Dalton in there, so maybe I changed it after I saw your question. Yeah, this is not one of your tweets. Just keep going. Just tell okay. So I don't want to no, rush. I, I don't want you to like rush through it. And there's not a tweet. So say okay, what you guys so say. At the end of the day, Andy Dalton is is a great backup. He's a good backup. But for us, for us to pretend that Andy Dalton is not uh, Andy Dalton's better than Dak. I mean, we got we got pumped the brakes a little bit on that's that. Not, that's it's, not the question. <laughs> I know, but when you say, well, the, the most important position in football is quarterback, so you're going to tell me that if you lose the most important position in football, your team will be just as good by downgrading the quarterback? No, but will they be still really good? And is he viable? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I think he'll seamlessly replace him. To be honest, uh, Andy Dalton's one of the most underrated average quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think Dak was one of the most overrated average quarterbacks in the NFL. They are both, um, Andy Dalton has a career winning percentage with the Cincinnati Bengals, like one of the like most po- poverty franchises in the NFL. Um, and he has, I think he's 10th in active wins right now for all quarterbacks. He's been a consistent, uh, 
uh, just a consistent good player. He signed in Dallas because it's his hometown. He, that's why he took a he wanted to be a backup here, and I think he knows that he was a viable option if anything went wrong. And I think the Cowboys knew that he's the best backup in the NFL. And I think he's you know I, I think everything about him is maybe like an inch worse than like like an ounce worse than Dak Prescott. Like is he he's a little less athletic and maybe a little less of an arm talent. But I think with the Cowboys the way they've been forcing Dak Prescott recently and not running the ball with Ezekiel Elliott, I think they're going to kind of shift their mentality and end up seamlessly being just as good this year. And and they're going to win the division probably anyways. It's them or the Eagles. And I honestly just, yeah, they're probably still going to end up winning. I just think they're going to seamlessly replace Dak Prescott. And that's not to say that I think they shouldn't resign Dak Prescott or that he shouldn't be the quarterback there. I just think there are certain scenarios where, even though the quarterback's not as good, that's where like I want to be careful with this because I'm not saying he's as good. But I do think they're going to seamlessly like transition to Andy Dalton, and I think it's going to work out just fine, personally. All right. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I just think it's – the question was, will we be just as good? No, they'll take a step back. But will they still be the best team maybe in the division? Yeah. Will they still be really good? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, will their offense still be good? Yeah. So I don't think it'll be just as good. I think they take a you know five – 10% backwards, but is that still good enough to win the division? Absolutely. Well, if they go 10% backwards, they will not be a playoff team because they, I think, start off one and four. So if they win a little worse than one and four through their next five. Okay, well, they will not be a playoff team if they're four and six. It's not wins and losses. Like, if you, schedule has a lot to do with wins and losses. It's not just like, True. oh, did you? But what I'm saying is I think the Cowboys were forcing with Dak Prescott. They're not going to force anymore, so I think the team's going to get better. So it's not about Andy Dalton being better than Dak. I just think it's going to be a better situation. It's weird. For example, like the Eagles, right? It makes no sense. Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles. How can we even compare, right? There was something weird about Nick Foles when he played, and like I feel like just kind of sometimes with the Eagles, like – he had no pressure and it was like they did things that weren't putting trust into Nick Foles that made the team better. But then like you have a better quarterback and sometimes you put so much into that quarterback that it, I I understand what you're saying. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I just don't think you're right on about this situation. (laughs) I I bet you think the Eagles are winning that division. Don't you George winning that division? Oh, Georgia squad. If they don't win the division this year, there's a serious issue. They're winning the division. It's not even a question. And they're beating Baltimore this weekend. I strongly disagree, but they're beating Baltimore. This weekend, yep. Yeah, I saw you bet on them. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Speaking of bets, George, you can go to betus.com. Betus.com and use promo code THESPORTSONTAP, all one word, THESPORTSONTAP for a 125% bonus. So I know you guys love using our bets. Um, if you used George's NFL bets so far, not so great, but his college bets, college bets are pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty good. And it'll be good again this week. I'm on a hot streak. Um, although I did go two and three this week. Uh, Same. But I'm 15, nine and one on the year. So my, my NFL bets have been all right. And I think me and George, I don't know if we're going against each other on any, but um We'll find out. It's going to be interesting to see. And 125% bonus means if George puts in $100, what do you get? I get 125 back. Boom. 
Say, what happens if you put $562.76 into there? You search what that with 125% bonuses. So I think that's times 125%. Yeah. 1.25. No, it'd be well, yeah, 1.25 times 1.25. And then you'll know how much that is. Cool. Thank you. Welcome to math class. Um, so go there if you want to bet. I love it. All right. What's your bet? Should we get it? What's your bet today? Our bet of the day is George. Our bet of the day. Um, I'm taking Tampa Bay minus 130 against Houston to win today. Uh, I don't think Houston forces a game seven. They were down three nothing. It's really hard to win three straight even and take it to a game seven, let alone I'd be so bummed if the Astros fucking become the second team ever to uh, come back down from 3-0. But I'm taking Tampa Bay to win. Tampa Bay's been the best team in baseball all year. I think they have the best record ending the season at 40-20, and 20, which is – an amazing record through 60 games. I think they end the, I think they ended today um, and take themselves to the World Series. Cool. And I'm betting on the BYU-Houston college football game tonight. Over 62 points. You know BYU's quarterback, don't even know his name, leads the nation in per- completion percentage at over 80%. Houston always puts up points. Give me the over 62 points. Oh, the over 62. What a, what a quarterback. That's my God. What a guy. Um, and like the, the that guy, he's good. <laughs> that guy, uh, I forgot his name, but he leads a nation of 80% completion percentage. I know they are ranked, but it's funny. All the ranked opponents, it's like I don't even know if they should be ranked because it's 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 like, yeah, it's like we it's a weird year. Um, George, I think before we get into our tweets, let's finish out our bets this week. Cool, let's do it. Um, let me just pull up my bets, and I'm ready to go. Um, are you ready? We got two minutes and 20 seconds. Hot fire round. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> hot I fire. The, no, the, my favorite part. This is this part's on the podcast, and it's staying on the podcast. My favorite part of my favorite part of no, my favorite part of our bets every week is like I can't. T- there's this switch in George's head that turns into like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go straight ESPN. Like I'm going to go straight. Like back, I'm imagining, I'm imagining background music and just like, boom, bet one, boom. Like, and I'm like, Oh God, this is, that is what, bro. That's what it is in my head. And two, the thing with this, all that's very important is you got to remember I, when I'm doing this, I have a lot to say. So I have to put it in my head. Like we're trying to make a clip out of this too. So don't talk too much, George, just, just bet. You just get you just get in this new mood, and it's like, all right, hot fire mode, bang bang, right, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Uh, Today's right. bets. Let's get it. All right. all right, my free money fives and Sammy sizzling steals. First, I got Atlanta plus four at Minnesota. I think Atlanta gets her first win of the season. Dalvin Cook is out for Minnesota. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough one. Atlanta's tough to bet. I have Cincinnati. Another tough guy, tough team to bet. Plus seven and a half at Indianapolis. I just think the Bengals aren't that bad, and I don't think the Colts are very good. Philip Rivers washed up. I got Houston plus three at Tennessee. Tennessee has very short rest. George, I'm going against you. I'm taking Tennessee minus three against Houston. Um, Tennessee is one of the best teams in football, and Houston is a dumpster fire. Giants minus three versus Washington to get their first win of the season. Ooh, um, 
I'll give you next Rams minus three at San Francisco. I also think San Francisco is just not the same team beat up offensive line and the Rams are much better than people are realizing. Tampa Bay plus one versus Green Bay. I think Tampa has something to prove and they've been rested. They played Thursday. I know Green Bay is coming off a bye week, but being the Thursday game last week, it's almost like they're coming off a bye as well. Yeah, I got to go with Tampa Bay too. Um, Tom Brady, after a loss, I think he's not going to, He's not going to lose to Aaron Rodgers. That's just how I feel. So I'm taking them plus one. I'm going for the big Tampa Bay win. And the Packers have to lose at some point this year. And I got Philadelphia plus seven and a half versus Baltimore as my last bet. Carson Wentz. I'm taking another. I'm taking one just as risky as George here. I'm going Cleveland plus three and a half at Pittsburgh. This seems like it's their year. Eventually, it's got to be their year. So maybe this is the year that they, they actually win these big games. I am at college bets are Virginia Tech minus 13, South Carolina plus three and a half, Tennessee minus six, Mississippi State plus five, and Alabama minus 4.5. George, I want to I wanna know, which one of my bets do you like the least? Um, Tennessee minus uh, three against um, the Houston Texans. I think it's just been a short week, man, and they won a really emotional game. I just feel like it's one of those letdown games that is bound to happen. They're another team. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Houston has the whole world to play for. Tennessee's undefeated. I just don't think they have as much to play for, and I think it's just a, they're in a letdown situation. Oh, yeah, I see it like the complete opposite. That's I'm, I'm riding Tennessee big on this game because – they're a better football team. Ryan Tannehill's good. They're a better coach football team. Derrick Henry's unstoppable. And uh, Houston's a dumpster fire this year. And I think, you know, there's there was this false thought for a while that pe- teams play good after a coach gets fired. Um, if you go last week, and I bet on them. Yeah, I mean, but the, if you look at the history of teams after yeah. a coach is fired, it's pretty bad, actually. That means because it usually. It would show sometimes that it's not always the coach's fault. There's a lot that right. goes into it. But it um, so I'm just – I'm right. Tennessee's – Tennessee's good, though. I, they're uh, better than it, I thought. They Tuesday night, and it's like, all right, back to it on Sunday. I just think that's why. Like, I, I, it's all situational. Yeah. But I agree with you. Tennessee's better. I'm not saying that he's just better than Tennessee. Like, sometimes you just bet a number. Yeah. Well, we'll see who's right. Uh, we'll see who's right, George. Uh, let's get into our tweets really quick. We got 10 tweets today, George, 10 tweets. And, uh, first we're going to start with George's by at Adam wheel 22. Yep. And he has a picture of a guy, uh, Nick Saban, like with a mustache. It kind of looks like, uh, Jeff Fisher in this picture, actually. And it says rumors are circulating around Tuscaloosa that Alabama has hired Rick Saban, brother of Nick Saban as the head coach on the one game contract. Doesn't he look like, uh, Fisher? He looks exactly like Jeff Fisher with that mustache. Um, I, I like this tweet. Um, this is the, the, these. I love these type of jokes where it's like, you know, you switch people. We've seen these type of jokes before. That's where he, cool. obviously, that's where he comes up with this. Um, that's a good one, Adam. I like that. I think I have a couple of Nick Saban ones in mine as well. Um, George. Oh. For the people that are listening to this just straight on the podcast, if you go to our website, thesportsontap.com, and go to the podcast section, once this podcast is posted on the website, you'll see all these tweets here if you want to see exactly which ones we were talking about. The second one by George um, from at MV Scouting. All right. 
So um, it's a quote tweet. C.D. Lamb is on pace for 1,386 yards, which would be the most all-time for a rookie ahead of Antoine Bolden, Randy Moss, Odell, Michael Clayton, and Michael Thomas. Um, so Odell had 1,305 yards and 12 touchdowns as a rookie in 12 games. I just wanted to point that out, how great he was as a rookie. That's ridiculous. And all these other guys probably played 15 or 16, huh? And he was yeah. only 70 yards away from the rookie record. Exactly. That's insane. <laughs> Next up, George, um, from at the underscore Taylor Maddock. Yeah, in his picture, a quote tweeting of Clayton Kershaw sitting on the bench with his head down after giving up a runs in a playoff game as usual. And Clayton says, Clayton Kershaw always has the same exact pose every time he has a bad game in the postseason. We've seen this pose way too much. Something's in his head. It just sucks for Clayton Kershaw, but he's just been no good in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, somebody who writes for us, uh, Hunter Carroll, he uh, quote tweeted today, Clay Travis tweeted, who could you compare to Clayton Kershaw? And uh, I got I heard the James Harden comparison where it's like he has some great games, right? Like he has some really good games once in a while, but like it's it's become a tradition. Yep. Our, um, and you know what? It's our October special. It is. I like this one too. I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> I feel bad for him, but not really because he makes high money. Too. Yeah, he's, he's probably fine today. Yeah. Uh, um, next one by at Stats Guy Daniel. Yeah, so Sammy, this makes your bet look horrible. Last time the Browns beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, 6,220 days ago. That's what I'm fucking Rock talking about. It's got to happen. Ben Roethlisberger was playing college football. Baker Mayfield was eight years old. Chase Claypool was five and likely in preschool. Sean Paul had the number one song in the country, and the School of Rock was the number one movie. It's been a while. You know what, George? This makes me more confident. You know why? Because the world comes around and goes around. There's at some point, like I said, what did I say when I gave you my bet? I said, sometime one year is going to be their year. Yeah. Maybe so it's this it's, one. Maybe it's this one. That's what I said. Remember. Let's remember, George. What year is it? 2020. That's all I got to say. Right. Browns plus three and a half. They're going to lose by like 75. All right. <laughs> um, at pregame empire. Yeah. And yeah, I see this picture. But it's a picture of college football, SEC. It's a girl, really good looking girl in the bikini. And it says SEC. Next to her is a very good looking girl in the bikini. And it says ACC. And they're all looking at a girl who looks out of place wearing a <laughs> short sipping PC, looking a little out of place. And it says Big 12. Not as good looking as the SEC or ACC. And uh, Pac-12, nowhere to be seen because but we're playing Yeah, hopefully. Um, next up, we have from at Hoop Fiends. So this was this is a big this is a big uh, trending topic today, George. Right? The Denver Nuggets tweeted this today. Let's hear him. And it said, "Who is your favorite Nugget of all time?" Chauncey Billups there, Dikembe Mutombo, Jokic. You probably know this old guy. Who's this? Nick Van Exel. Yep. And who's that? Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, Alex English, best Nugget. Okay, of Alex. All time. That that's probably the right answer. First of all, yeah. but there was somebody obviously missing, and uh, at Hoop Fiends would say. And a lot of people on the internet says, bro, the mellow disrespect is really crazy. Um, I know. 
You could take out Billups or Nick Van Exel here and uh, and go ahead and put like Carmelo. But maybe they did this on purpose because they know it's going to garner more like interest. Like, oh, haha. Correct. But Billups wouldn't be a nugget if Carmelo wasn't there and they were trying to make a playoff run. Right. And Nick Van Exel left the Nuggets to go to the Lakers. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the Denver Nuggets kind of just have something against Carmelo Anthony. Like, I saw some other ones that were like, and this is why he's going to retire as a New York Nick, like yeah. in the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. like he's going to be in a New York Nick because they hated the way that he left. But like at this point, you got to like he's one of the best. He's probably the fourth best player in franchise history, right? After mm-hmm. Matumbo, English, and Jokic. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'd even say he might be second. Might yeah. be. I don't know. That's why it's it's it was disrespectful. Um, the 2020 Astros Shame Tour at Asterix Tour. It's one of the best follows on Twitter. I don't know if you follow them, George. They have 300,000 followers. So one year to shame them all, one year to jeer them, one year to boo them and offer them your seat <laughs> to ride them. Um, dude with a megaphone booing the Astros last night. I used the Pythagorean theorem to calculate the distance from the balcony to home plate. It's about 600 feet. This guy in San Diego, um, he's a White Sox fan, weirdly enough, but he – has one of those cool ones that are outside of the stadium yep. and use the Pythagorean theorem to be able to use his megaphone that they could hear it And all game. I read through the article all game. The guy was booing like cheater. Everybody that came up like Jose Altuve, you're a cheater, you're a scum. And they, they can't do anything about it because he figured out like the right angle where it just projects onto the field. That's perfectly. Awesome. And the best part, the worst part was for his neighbors. They're probably like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like we get it. The Astros cheated. Like we don't give oh, a no, shit. They're probably like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, he's like, "Oh, Tuvis, bitch!" <laughs> they're like, "What the like, fuck?" Like, stop is fighting happening? with your girlfriend. Yeah, and you're like, "No, it's just him yelling at baseball players." Um, I saw this one on freezing uh, called takes. I thought it was funny. Clay Travis said, uh, "Coronavirus wants no part of Nick Saban." This was back in March because Alabama was the was empty. Yeah, that's funny. And freezing cold takes, you know, obviously tweeted it. Jink City, USA. <laughs> yeah, it is a funny one. Um, this was interesting, and it, it could spark a debate, but we don't want to debate today. Um, this guy said two and seven, which I strongly disagree with. But he said, if Jordan took LeBron's spot in every one of the NBA finals he's played in, what would his finals record be? And I want your quick thought, because mine would not be two and seven. Uh, I think it would be... Five and five and five. LeBron's not been to nine finals, though. He's been to ten. Yeah, so why is it two and seven? That makes no sense. I think they're not adding the 2007 one, which Uh, I think Jordan would have lost that too. Sure, but like, I think he would have lost that one. And he would have won the Mavericks one. He would have won the Mavericks one and one more. I think he'd be five and five. So that'd be only one more. LeBron yeah. is four and six. So I think he'd be five and five as well instead of four and six. I think he would have won that Maverick series. Because it's one of the other ones too. Like all the same uh, ones. Yeah, I think it, it, the same thing. That's why I was like two and seven. But I think he would have won every single one that LeBron ended up winning. It, Sorry, I, I think he would have lost a Cleveland one. He wouldn't have beat Golden State, but he would have also not lost the last one against San Antonio. Yeah, so it'd be, you would think basically the Dallas one would have been the difference. Yeah. Yeah, because Jordan, even if Jordan had a bad series, he would have like 
He wouldn't have LeBron, you know, shot 10 shots in one game. Like the Jordan exactly. would have still put up 25 shots and try to figure it out. Uh, last but not least, uh, it's just a picture of, um, Derrick Henry knocking Josh Norman off his feet. And I thought like this was on Tuesday. I know it's been a couple of days, but, uh, there was no way that I could do this podcast today without us bringing this up. And yeah. this tweet says, Josh yeah. Norman, sir, sir, you are thir- you're 32 years old. Letting someone put your feet in the air like this, sir. Yeah. And I was, I just thought Derrick Henry sent him airborne. He really did. And it was the best stiff arm of the year. Easily. It was the best stiff arm I've maybe ever seen that not in the sense of like how big the play is, but like, cause like, yeah, like Marshawn Lynch beast mode run. That was a more impactful stiff arm, but this was like the best stiff arm I've ever seen in the sense of like the guy actually <laughs> look yeah. how high up he is. No, we, we put one on our Instagram, George as well, which I'll actually show you really quick to end this. Um, uh, that, uh, was tweeted by what's the guy that did his podcast with uh Ryan Russillo? I forget the guy's name, but I know what you're Chris talking about. Chris Long. Yeah. He's like, Am I the only one that sees one hell of a karate match when they look at this picture? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it kind of does look like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy the way he sent him. It was hilarious. Um, George, great podcast. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I'm glad uh we have football this weekend. It feels like college football is kind of ramping up, so I'm really excited. Are we back on Tuesday, uh, Sunday night? Probably Sunday night, and then maybe Tuesday morning again because there's gonna be two NFL games on yeah. Monday. I know, I know. So yeah, probably that. But we'll we'll figure it out. We'll talk. We'll figure um, it out for those. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start. Just as our podcast schedule is supposed to be consistent, just like the NFL is supposed to have a consistent schedule. This this year's been a little uh, a little herky jerky, a little wacky. All right. Well, much love, George, and uh, we'll be back on Sunday night. Uh, I hope you enjoy Mexico City, and uh, we'll be back soon. Um, don't forget to go to betus.com and use promo code the Sports on Tap. It's all one word for 125% bonus. And, George, people need to go rate and review this podcast, don't they? Yeah, and what else do you need to do, right? I think I've told you tell, before. Tell a friend. Please tell a friend. We love when you tell friends. Tell a friend. We're going to be. We're always live, so turn on your notification um, at pod that. And on um, at pod that on Instagram and Twitter to find us there and at the sports on tap on all platforms to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you go, YouTube, um, you can find us all there. And of course, at the sports on tap.com. Now, George, there's one thing they say we're the best brothers in sports. You know, that? absolutely. That's what they say. And they say this is the sports on tap and this is sports radio redefined. Peace.